Welcome to Ignite Your Media Career with your host, Frank Fawcett at Fawcett Media. Our show is 100% listener supported. So if you've gotten anything out of the show, please consider supporting Ignite Your Acting Career at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ignite Your Acting Career. Or you can do a one-time donation at Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign Fawcett Media. Um, By doing this, this will keep us uh, bringing you the content that you love from Ignite Your Acting Career. Uh, We've got all types of levels uh, all the way from $5 monthly to $100 per month. You get general uh, support, ad-free content. You can get a one-on-one career console with me live streams, added content. It's going to be really nice over there. So go ahead and subscribe on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash ignite your acting career. Hey, what's up? It's Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Media Career Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, it's been a rough, rough time. Um, there's a part of me that wants to rename this podcast the Work Avoidance Podcast because uh, it's been hard to come actually record <laughs> for quite a while. But uh, I thank you for joining me and bearing with uh, all the growing pains that, that happen here. Um, uh, but first off, I'm going to start off with uh, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, uh, star Black Panther. And um, someone I knew personally, uh, it's always rough when things like this happen. You know, I'm an actor by trade. And so, you know, we came up in New York City together, same circuit. Uh, A lot of his close friends and uh, classmates from Howard were classmates of mine. And um, so he was always around. You know, um, it's been years since we've really spoken, but um, I I will share this one memory uh, that I have of him. Um, On my graduation day, um, (laughs) I was a trip in uh, when I was a young actor, just getting out of school. I was eager. So on graduation day, I actually uh, I was. I had scheduled an audition and I had to drop off some headshots at agencies all over town. So, um, well, not all over town because it wasn't crazy like that. But uh, when did my audition? Left my family at the <laughs> in um, uh, like the village where NYU is, and I went uptown to do an audition. Did the audition, and on my way back down, I dropped off a headshot at a smaller boutique agency and Chad was out front doing the exact same thing. We couldn't get into the building. They were open, but, um, I think it maybe was, you know, maybe just before opening. So we sat there and, uh, chopped it up for a little while and had a good conversation, exchanged phone numbers and, you know, um, but it just goes to show you, as eager as I was, Chad was also there on the same hustle. You know, he had graduated a few years prior, and I think um, 
maybe he was in a transition going to look for new reps, you know, because I think um, in watching some videos here, I'm trying to do all the math, but he had gotten a role on a soap opera and um, he talked about being um, them letting him go, saying they were going in another direction. And uh, he didn't let that stop him. And what that showed me is that day that I was out there eager, getting my first crack <laughs> at the industry. Um, we were in a similar position, you know, and um, just the kindest guy, man. I, I mean, I have the fondest recollections of him and seeing him in readings and, you know, at shows. And, um, you know, it really hurts to think of someone that is of your generation uh, losing a battle with colon cancer at such a young age. So much potential and promise. But, um, man, was he able to do a lot in his time here? In a very short period of time, um, I mean, excellent roles in uh, 42, get on up, um, Black Panther, of course. And list goes on, Marshall. Um, just an excellent brother, and um, he'll be sorely missed. Um, but it, we should use this as an example of what we can do when our mind is focused on our on a bigger mission than ourselves. I mean, if anything, I think I think he's inspired us. I know me. I'm speaking personally, but uh, I've spoken to several other actor friends of mine who also knew him because, you know, we'd see each other in auditions and things. And like, you know, like this is this is family, you know, and um, it's a very small fraternity of us black actors, you know, that were in that particular era. And so, you know, this is a loss. We've lost a couple couple brothers, um, Oiso Adara. And also uh, Nelson Ellis, you know, we all came from similar situations, circumstances, and, you know, we dealt the hand that we're dealt, but uh, you hate to see it be cut so short so soon. And, um, you know, uh, but rest in peace and um, rest in peace, King, you know, because you, you really show you really showed you were doing after the four years of knowing that your diagnosis, you were able to subtly tell us, give drop gems at every turn, every interview. Now you look back and it's like, wow, he was so full of knowledge. He was a poet. He was a writer. He was a filmmaker, you know, and um, as in addition to an excellent actor and like just leaving it all on the field, you know, like, uh, I mean, talk, from talking about how tight the shoes were playing James Brown, that, that that helped him get into the mode of the character. It's just commitment to craft and like um, your tribute to Denzel Washington was, it was amazing. You know, he said what we all want to say about, you know, and, um, in that vein, he said to Denzel, let those who have watered 
be watered. So Chad, be watered. Um, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So to load up the front end of the show with... Um, <laughs> No, no, it's very important to get these things out. You know, like, um, there's a saying, you know, give people their flowers while they can smell them. And I feel like we all appreciated him, but it takes something, this type of loss. You think you'd have more time to either, you know, I thought, thought maybe we'd work together again, you know, or or be in the same circle again that, you know, we could chop it up in that way but you know life has a funny way of showing us things so uh either way how are you all doing i hope you're good i hope um i hope you're out there getting your media career on the right trajectory there's a lot going on in media right now um i don't know if you all are familiar with well, it's one of the biggest podcasts out there, but the Joe Budden podcast, I'm a big fan of the Joe Budden podcast. And uh, recently he's had some, uh, he's been in the news with his contract re- renegotiation with Spotify. He's actually um, declined their offer, uh, eight figure offer um, to uh, go it alone to start to take his podcast, you know, independent again, because originally that's how it started off. Um, they'd be on the ad revenue share thing, YouTube revenue, um, model again, which is, um, which is interesting because, you know, like I said, our podcast is now taking on a life that is, um, it's more reaching, you know, podcasts, um, are very undercapitalized asset right now. I feel like there's a lot of podcasts that are not getting their full value. This one included, you know, um, full disclosure, there is revenue that is made off of ads that you hear in the episodes. And I thank you for listening to those and supporting and acting accordingly. Actually, one of those ads probably is Spotify or was Spotify. I don't know if I still have an ad for Spotify, but, um, you know, Joe actually is a pioneer, Joe Budden. Uh, he was the first to go to a major streaming service or not streaming service, um, DSP, digital service provider, uh, and sign an exclusive deal for his podcast. It was unprecedented at the time. And since then, even Spotify has opened up their ranks to include Gimlet Media, um, and um, I forgot the other company, but he they've offered um, Joe Rogan even multi-million dollar deals um, in the hundreds of millions in some cases for podcast content. And so therefore, Joe Button uh, being the first of which he figured when negotiation time came around, there might be a place where he could uh, negotiate for a large amount, most likely. And as I said before, they did offer an eight-figure settlement, I mean, um, not settlement, eight-figure uh, deal, 
but that would include uh, several different shows and like um, in essence a 360 offering basically meaning in the music industry when you're in a 360 deal they'll share an all profit from uh, touring revenue to other properties that are birth or spinoffs from the initial property and Joe didn't feel like as an owner that was necessarily um, worth what they were offering him. And he has that right, you know, and that's what we learned as independent artists, as independent creators. Um, you have to know your worth. And if you feel like you're being shortchanged, if you feel like you're being even racially profiled, because one of the things about the multimillion dollar offers is that they're owned by um, Caucasian companies as opposed to Joe Budden being a black owner. Um, and there was some disparity in that, you know? And uh, that's kind of been a current that's been under all of entertainment is that black creators aren't always compensated at the full amount. You go back to <laughs> Cadillac Records and, you know, all those... Um, you know, those old stories of greatest musicians alive being disenfranchised out of any profit participation, really, and uh, given a Cadillac. And actually, he had a Cadillac situation where they offered him um, watches. Uh, you know, they'll dangle out some type of, you know, material thing um, and be like, this is part of your compensation. All the while, you're still paying for it. Uh, it's a very deceptive practice. And um, unfortunately, it's happened for years and years and years. And so um, as long as we keep accepting these deals in Joe Budden's mind, uh, we'll continue to get those um, those results. And so uh, he took a stand very adamantly on his podcast. He was, uh, he was, you know, in his style, he was get, sticking it to him. And unfortunately, what we've seen recently is um, a lot of negative press has been put out about him. Uh, I think stories that have been around for a long time um, that ironically just happened to show back up, resurface and um, potentially tarnish any business he does further. Now, no one's certain on why the timing of all this stuff is coming up other than the fact that he happens to be in the midst of this renegotiation slash rebrand um, but you know it, it's important to note moments like this so you can see when these things happen in your career um, uh, forgive the background noise I guess they decided to do construction right outside of uh the Fawcett Media Studios. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just a lot of uh, interesting timing to, to have all this um, weird, weird uh, background material. I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff that was said because it was just kind of... Some of it was ridiculous. Some of it was also covered on his podcast, which, you know, means he had already disclosed this information, but now it was salacious again. So it's been put up. Ooh, now, now he's, he's done something, uh, untoward and, um, he has to be 
reprimanded. So I don't know. I would say to Joe, um, you're right. Continue on your right path. Uh, but no, this business isn't fair. I'm sure you know he's been a 20-year veteran of the music industry. And like he said, he's not new to this. And in that, maintain your confidence in being an owner. Because um, the other part of the story is uh, he had a little issue with um, one Charlemagne the God from uh, The Breakfast Club and uh, Wendy Williams' radio show fame. Um, Charlemagne's also been in the podcast game and um, been kind of a frenemy of Joe. Like every year, they'll do a year and wrap up together. But uh, it seems like there's always some type of tension uh, between the two of them, and they've they've seen to make it work. But um, Charlemagne made some comments regarding Joe Budden's deal, and it's been announced that this week Charlemagne will be starting uh, a rival, I guess, a rival podcast net network called the Black Effect Podcast Network. Uh, it's a partnership. I'm doing air quotes. Partnership with iHeartMedia, which is the parent company of the Breakfast Club. And will include content made by um, a lot of creators that he's collaborated with in the past, guests of the show, and friends of his, uh, which, you know, that's a great idea. Uh, There is no, I I think there's a push for black-centered content now uh, that, you know, in response to the killings of George Floyd and you know, the push that a lot of major corporations are making for um, more inclusion. Uh, So Charlemagne, not one to miss an opportunity, has decided to make a black podcast network uh, under the iHeartMedia moniker. So uh, my thoughts about that is, you know, Charlemagne's been in this podcast thing with his show The Brilliant Idiots for quite a while and um, as such you know he had been under the brilliant Reggie Osei uh, founder of the Loudspeakers Network with uh, Chris Moreau and uh, he's seen how this thing can grow and build and become radio basically Um, and in that they were able to build the loudspeakers network with not much capital, no really, you know, no really perceived uh, investment from a larger corporation. So it begs the question: Why wouldn't Charlemagne go out on his own? And that goes into the argument he had with Joe Budden. Was Joe Budden was saying, "We can't have this conversation because I own all my media." And you simply are an employee. Um, now that's nothing to shake a hat at. Some people are some people are more suited to be uh, employees. They don't have to deal with the red tape and you know all the all the uh, drama that comes with actually being an owner, as you can see in Joe Budden's situation. But it's true. It's uh, if you partner with iHeart and you do your own network 
Are you still an employee? Is this just, as Byron Allen put it, uh, black targeted content? Does this mean that now iHeart has a media banner that now houses black content with Charlemagne as a face? Now, we won't know that. We probably never will know that, but um, unless it's disclosed, but uh, I get all the indications that this is part of the deal. Uh, Charlemagne's contract was up with the Breakfast Club and uh, was perceived to be exiting, and now this move comes. So, you know, as a shrewd businessman, as he claims to be, it would seem that he has allowed himself to become... uh, to become a front man for iHeartMedia. Um, I don't know if that's an ideal situation and if, you know, you don't find certain things with it. He also announced, a, like I said, a slew of his uh, friends that would be making shows. I think Ebony K. Williams, uh, Jess Hilarious. Uh, he's gotten the 85 South show, which is uh, DC Young Fly, Chico Bean, and Carlos Miller. Uh, comedians, and uh, I think he got a show with like Nina uh, Turner, that is a politics show, Tesla Figaro, um, just a great slate of black talent um, that does need a platform and needs to be heard, so there's some positive in there, um, but I would say um, as we seek to, um, once again, I don't know. I guess it's uh, <laughs> I guess it's construction day or trash day or something. It's just ridiculous. Right outside my window. Um, it's just it's just less to be desired. I mean, even um, last week, his pod- podcast partner, which um, is a comedian named Andrew Schultz, who's you know, consistently the past few years been trying to gain his own independence and um, recently saw his um, Patreon that he has for his offshoot podcast of The Brilliant Idiots, which is a show he did with Charlemagne for four years, I guess. That's probably longer than that now. Um, He has a Patreon that's making maybe $75,000 a month. And that's before ad revenue. So when you think about that, you know, I don't know. Let me see if I've got a calculator here. <laughs> uh, $75,000 a month times 10 is 750000 And then add two more, another hundred fifty. That's um, nine hundred. That's one million dollars, right? I'm an artist, not a math. That's nine hundred thousand dollars a year, just on Patreon. That's a feat in itself, um, <laughs> as a independent creator. And I'm sure Charlemagne, you know, uh, Charlemagne doesn't necessarily participate in that. Oh, he's up to $76,000 per month with um, 15,478 patrons. I'm sure Charlemagne's taking note. 
because uh, <laughs> this is a separate show that Charlemagne's not a part of, and I assume Andrew pretty much created um, with himself as the principal and um, his team. So then that begs the question, what happens to the brilliant idiots? And But it gives you an idea what is on the line with some of these podcasts. And it says, why doesn't Frank make a Patreon for uh, this podcast? <laughs> because, man, if you can make 75000 a month just for uh, doing this, I'll do this all day long if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, really, you know, it's, let me not say it like it's it's something negative. This is a beautiful time for creators, especially in the midst of a pandemic. You know, these people have not really seen any interruption in their um, financial um, prosperity, you know, because they're able to turn on a microphone and get it done. And so I say that 75000 is in this. Um, and I mean, he doesn't have crazy amounts that he's asking for. He's got $5, 5 10 and $25 per month for 15,000 people. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of how lucrative podcasts can be, um, because that's not even counting the ad revenue that they're going to be making on top of that. You can sell ads, mid-rolls and everything. I'm sure that has to go back to the podcast network. But it uh, gives you an idea of what freedom you can have. Now, I imagine Charlemagne's deal is very lucrative. Uh, but the independence that comes in ha- taking in revenue and not sharing with a partner or not being a partner, a minority partner in what a show can come in. So then we talk about the larger idea. Let me get unspecific um, because a Joe Rogan signed a deal let me see how much Joe Rogan's Spotify deal is because uh, it was announced uh, slightly before um, Joe Budden came through uh, Joe Rogan Spotify deal and contract and he's just recently moved from California to uh Austin, Texas, which is, I think, a lot more uh, amenable to um, people who have large sums of money (laughs) Uh, on the tax front. Uh, Yeah, $100 million. So how many new subscribers to Spotify do they need for $100 million to turn a profit? And this is on Billboard. Podcasting has become an arms race as major streaming and broadcast companies acquire companies and launch partnerships with celebrities for original programming. In the last month, iHeartRadio, through a deal with Warner Media and Sirius, um, through its acquisition of podcast app Stitcher, okay, I like Stitcher, uh, have attempted to keep pace with the leader of the pack, Spotify. Amidst the flurry of deal making for original content, this is kind of meta now. I'm on a podcast talking about podcasts. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty cool. We're uh, like Inception or something. You know, we usually talk about movies and stuff. But uh, amidst the flurry of deal making for original content, uh, Spotify's exclusive deal with Joe Rogan's widely popular podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, 
Obviously, Spotify once JRE launched in December. Oh, he's been doing it since December 2009 uh, because it's one of the, if not the most popular podcasts in the United States. And that's uh, true. In a handful of other countries, JRE is currently number two on the chartable list of Apple podcasts and number one on Stitcher's list of podcasts. The streaming giant paid handsomely. Uh, reported $100 million for a multi-year licensing agreement for a global exclusive. At first blush, the nine figures seems like a ridiculous sum for a single podcast without ownership. But, okay, so Joe is in a licensing deal with Spotify and retains his ownership of the pod said podcast. Um, which is interesting because Joe Rogan... Uh, as opposed to some of the other companies that came on recently, which uh, he's an independent single show, a big show. But these other deals that Spotify did were for multiple shows on a podcast network, um, kind of like what Charlemagne has going on at iHeart. Uh, but $100 million is an obscene for a fast-growing company that had about $7.4 billion in revenue last year, Spotify. Spotify made $7.4 billion last year. It expects between $8.4 billion and $8.8 billion this year. Now we're talking. This is serious money. This is money like, uh, like startups are making, you know. And it's purely off of um, streamed, content, streamed uh, music and uh, now podcasts. Uh, but by Billboard's rough estimate, the Joe Rogan deal pays off if he and he alone attracts 1.2 million to 1.7 million subscribers with a low churn rate, high ARPU, average revenue per user, and average gross margin. Of course, Spotify must accurately isolate Rogan's effect on its already strong growth. This isn't a move to generate more advertising. This is or should be an effort to gain loyal customers. Spotify need not change its primary goals in, of getting more subscribers and reducing churn. And, you know, what's funny is Joe Budden, uh, his addition to Spotify two years ago um, is largely responsible for that number that we read before the $7.4 billion because he attracted so much of his his original audience to the platform and you know made some of them subscribers i'm sure um i remember they were offering a free trial to spotify and then you know you're on the platform so you might as well uh listen to some other stuff that we have so they make suggestions all the time this is huge for this industry of podcasting um of which i discovered um years ago uh, with my favorite like nerd out podcast for me because I was a comedy nerd. I was Mark Marin podcast. Now we hear these numbers and we hear Mark Marin, who was a leader for so long, and like you know, like we said, Joe Button is now leaving, and then here we we crown Joe Rogan, who's already been making millions. Let's not get it twisted before this deal, um, and we're in a whole nother world. We're in a world now where ex-presidents have podcasts um, upcoming and uh, something that literally was 
technology that wasn't wasn't utilized for so long has become oh and then also the the deal with um call me daddy podcast like you know just seeing all that drama that unfolded you had people like me who were just creating now this is probably my third podcast at this point um i've just been plugging away but um it's very exciting times michelle obama has a podcast um yeah, let's let's see deeper into this article. Uh, this is a move to generate more advertising. Oh, I read that already. Uh, the Rogan deal represents a non-threatening power shift for music companies. This is key. Any new subscriber, Rogan or Michelle Obama, who announced her Spotify podcast on Thursday, attracts will result in incremental royalties for music rights holders. Take that. Take note of that. The podcast now is impacting the music, which probably it was the other way around just a few years ago um as music subscription services use podcasts to morph into audio companies um some fraction of record labels and music publishers growth will depend on podcast ability to lure and retain subscribers so now podcast is king that's why we got to talk about how much podcast is worth how much a stream is worth uh because now the music industry has figured it out these podcasts are really pushing the the culture for lack of a better term they're really uh impacting the bottom line of music which had been in the slump uh in the past few years since we've gone digital um yeah and so how much is that worth and then that goes back to joe budden joe budden is absolutely right. He should be compensated for what is now uh, a a music revenue generating source. I mean, they even started a segment on the show called The Sleepers, where they would play new and unreleased music um, that had an impact on those sales. I'm telling you. So that's where this all gets interesting. You know, maybe I should start doing some sleepers on this show (laughs) to start showing the numbers. Um, This podcast is also available on Spotify as well as Apple um, Podcasts, Google Podcasts on Stitcher and a couple other podcatchers, as they were called at one point. But either way, long story short. This is an interesting time. This is an interesting time. And um, I know I threatened to come to you um, seven days a week every time I come on the podcast. But uh, I'm definitely going to start hitting this with more frequency. Just as leverage. You know? Because as an actor, writer, director, producer, all this attention that we can garner is leverage. It allows us to get out there to a bigger audience and it allows people to take risks on us. Um, I'm telling you right now, Hollywood is not in the risk taking business in no way, shape, form. Uh, But it's our responsibility to flip it, flip it into our favor, to become independently 
self-sufficient enough to the point where we get to a point where we can garner the attention, which then allows us bigger and better opportunities. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, Once again, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, You've inspired me. And, um, you know, one other thing, I, I, I woke up that morning feeling some kind of way, you know, my body was just not right. I felt some type of shift. And, um, later in the afternoon, I knew that someone, one of our brothers at arms had transitioned. And so, um, I thank you. Chad, for everything you gave us and um, for being a good person. And uh, we'll miss you. So, this is Ignite Your Media Career. I'm your host, Frank Fawcett. You all take care of each other. And uh, I'll see you next time. Hopefully sooner than later, guys. Powered by Fawcett Media.